You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. We are loaded up today. Got a lot to get to. LSU with some commitments. Also, Kentucky loses a commitment. We'll take a look at a Missouri Junior College receiver as well. We'll go into the film room, take a look at a couple of Alabama players that you need to know about. And uh, I want to remind you, it's brought to you today by Twillery.com. Go to Twillery.com and man, you can get some fantastic shirts and use the locked on promo code and you get $25 off those shirts. And if you bundle four together, then you're looking at spending less than $200 for four fantastic shirts. That's pretty awesome if you use that locked on promo code and they've got the untucked style version that's so popular now and uh, they also uh, have shirts that don't need ironing they're incredibly comfortable so you got to check them out so let's get rolling now with chris landry at landryfootball.com be sure and check out his website i'm dave hooker we get to it right now as your locked on sec football podcast begins with lsu they pick up a couple of commitments, so big time for them as uh, they just keep rolling with talent. Absolutely. Good week for them as they pick up two good defensive tackles. Jalen Lee, um, who's a, a really an outstanding talent, local kid from Watson, Louisiana. He's, uh, I think, top 300, 350 player in this recruiting class. So Oklahoma, Florida, Alabama, A&M. Um, really very interested in him. Really good-looking player. I mean, he plays with heavy hands, really good quickness. He's got good ability to penetrate and get upfield. Good get, uh, a must-get for LSU on the heels of getting an earlier commitment uh, in Eric Taylor, uh, who's really good, another good-looking player, 6'4", 280. So another good, uh, and, and the entire SEC was interested in him. Um, he's not quite as explosive as Lee but really good as a point-of-attack player. So must-gets for LSU. They're uh, certainly not recruiting quite to the level of Alabama uh, or Georgia uh, but um, in the conference, but they are recruiting well. And, um, you know, every, it's keeping up with the Joneses, Dave. And uh, you've, they've got to have the type of guys in the trenches. The one thing – there are a few things that have been a little bit different about LSU – in the, in the past that they've still been good defensively and they're really good in the secondary, but they don't have as much depth or as much quality as they've had on the defensive line as they've had in the past. Now it's good, uh, but it's not as good. And it's a, it's certainly and a lot of focus has been on the offense and rightly so they they've not been good enough on that side of the ball historically over the past several years, but they don't have quite the depth on the defensive line. These two guys at least helps in terms of quality and uh, in numbers. Well, I know Edward Jordan won't be okay with that. He uh, certainly wants the best defensive line he can get. Kentucky loses uh, a commitment. And I find Kentucky in a very interesting spot because with the fantastic year they had last year, it's kind of like Mississippi State that I think uh, expectations have gotten higher and you just wonder what happens if they, if they do have a more traditional Kentucky type of year like they've had in the past. Well, it's a fair point, uh, and it's a great point, because I, I think now the feeling is, you know, I, I, I've had this question a couple of times. I mean, and, and tell me how this hits you. 
I don't know, because I sometimes live in my bubble as a coach and as a scout. But somebody asked me recently on another show, hey, is Mark Stoops the type of guy that can get Kentucky over the top? <laughs> I mean, what, 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 is, what does that mean? So, I mean, tell, it, 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 what are your, your initial thoughts on that? Because my thoughts are this. Well, okay, hold on. What do you mean over the top, okay? This is not John Calipari in basketball. I mean, are you kidding me? No, I don't think Nick Saban can get Kentucky over the top. I mean, the bottom line is, no, Kentucky's not going to win the East unless you have one of those years kind of like they're having right now in the ACC Coastal. No, Pitt won it last year. I mean, good luck. You get bowl eligible, you might win it. So if you have one of those years where Georgia's down, Florida's down, Tennessee's down, sure, why not Kentucky? If they're 8-4 and and that's good enough to win the East of the SEC, sure it can happen. But no, are you going to line up and and out-recruit and be better on a regular basis than Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. I mean, I, I think even the most ardent Kentucky fan would understand that. Uh, I don't know. Am, am I am I reading it wrong as the football guy just, you know, maybe not understanding the fan base? I think he's gotten them over the top already. Uh, yeah. Over the top to me means nine or, you know, nine or so wins, and uh, he's been able to accomplish that. But I think you have to keep in mind if you're a Kentucky fan too – they very well could slip to a six or seven win season. Absolutely. I think, I think you just want to keep Mark Stoops. I think that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that – I think that uh, – let me just say this, and don't want to start rumors and all that. i just say this just because I have been around this enough and do a lot of coaching search work that, you know, um, whether it's this year or another year or two, um, I don't know what's going to happen out of Tallahassee. But if Willie Taggart doesn't make it, you better believe that on their short list is going to be Mark Stoops, who was an assistant there, and he's done a good job at Kentucky. I mean, you think now. Now now the answer would be, can Mark Stoops get Florida State? You know, uh, that's that's where it's a different ball game there. And doing a good job at Florida State is different than doing a good job at Kentucky. I, I think Mark is doing a good job. And to your point, look, they had a good season last year. And I think people, yeah, but they they would they had a game against Georgia, and that was for the yeah they did, you know I thought they really checked a lot of boxes last year, many boxes that they're not going to check most years, and probably again not this year. In other words, Kentucky can do their best, and if the other schools, and let me just rank them for you, Georgia in any order: Georgia, Florida, Florida, Georgia. Right now it's Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. South Carolina, yes. If those schools do their jobs as good as they can do it, they, and now again, their success, and they, they would Kentucky would say, well, well, no, we're better than South Carolina. Well, you, at, at times you are. But I would say that definitely three schools are better than you in football and traditionally will be, and I think that South Carolina is probably got a little bit more going for them if they do it right. So, look, I think that you're looking at maybe at best, you know, fourth, likely fifth. And, you know, we can sit there and people will throw out, and I get this a lot too, Missouri. Yeah, Missouri went and is a perfect example. Could could Kentucky do what Missouri did? 
that is get into the SEC championship game when Tennessee and Florida and and and, uh, and Georgia were all basically just um, you know <laughs> you know how can I say this urinating down their leg and not getting it done? Yeah, it could happen, but but they're going to need help. So listen, I it, 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 let's get into the the topic. We I, as I've gone on a tangent here, Lamar Goods is a perfect example. Now this is a four star defensive tackle. A really good looking player, 6'4, 290. We just talked about a couple of guys that LSU got a commitment from. This kid is really good. Um, and he committed two months ago to Kentucky. Uh, Georgia, Florida, Virginia Tech are getting a little bit more into it. We're talking about a top 30 defensive tackle overall in the country type of player. As you're seeing him getting more love by some of the more prominent football schools, the kids decided. I'm going to decommit from Kentucky. Um, He hasn't said he's unhappy or anything. I just think he's getting more, what do they say, getting more love by the bigger schools. So Kentucky did a good job recruiting him. They identified what he can do probably earlier than most. And the kid likes the coaches. He likes what they're doing. But probably is going to go to a more prominent football school if Georgia or Florida offers him if they got a scholarship for him, he's probably going there. And I, I don't know what to say about it other than that that's just the normal, you know, direction that kids will go. It is not a knock on Kentucky. But, no, I, I, don't, I don't think Kentucky's going to be a consistently, you know, I think going to bowl games every year, that's what you can do. But you're in the SEC, and – that is a long run. You put them in, you put Kentucky, you put South Carolina, you put a number of teams in the ACC Coastal. Uh, it, Kentucky's, you know, probably making the ACC championship game every year. That, that's not the world we live in. It's not reality. Well, and if you ask the average Kentucky fan, they probably rather make the Final Four in basketball than make a bowl game. So <laughs> sure, it's, sure. It's, it's a know. very strange school in terms of, expectations maybe mississippi state wasn't the uh the best comparison because i think expectations there are going to be high with football after what dan mullen did i don't i don't know what they'll be like at kentucky with basketball right but you know what's interesting is dan mullen did a great job at mississippi state we all in agreement to that it got him the florida job how many sec west titles did dan mullen win well none of course none you know you you shouldn't have the expectation but I think for some reason, you know, and again, maybe they were ranked number one in the country. That got people excited. Remember the first uh, playoff rankings? They were the first. That's the, the, the trivia question. The first team that was ranked number one in the playoffs, first ever rankings, was Mississippi State. Uh, of course he didn't win a West title. You know, not going to win a West title with Alabama and their run that they've been on. But the point is, is I think there's an understanding that he did a great job. I think, I think, I'm not certain that Mark Stoops is getting the respect that he deserves. But in some quarters, I think some people are thinking, well, now can you take the next step? I'm not going to take the next step any more than Dan Mullen's going to take the next step, which is why at some point um, Dan left for the right job. He was patient. He's got a better job. I hate to say this. I I think Mark is, is... the, the the quicker he can transition from doing a good job at Kentucky, the better. Because 
if he goes back to, you know, doing what Kentucky will normally do in football, he's probably going to be off the radar. And he's in his, you know, as his hot, you know, bright lights that are on him as the, the bright young coach is probably going to go by the wayside. I've seen this happen a lot. I, I go back to when Mike White was the hot coach at Illinois and he waited for this job and that job. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, he just, he turned down this job and that, and, and all of a sudden he didn't consistently win at Illinois. And all of a sudden he became uh, Cole. And so I think you got to always be careful of that anyway, I'm going on on a tangent, but I, I think it is something that it is a relevant conversation as it relates to the haves and have nots in college football. Coming up, a junior college receiver will head to Missouri. So that's certainly a big pickup for them. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. More after this with Chris Landry of Landry Football. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Check out LandryFootball.com if you want to be the most educated football fan in your circle. That's where to go. Landry football.com and also check out twillery.com use the locked on promo code and get $25 off some awesome shirts they are wrinkle free and they've even got the untucked version that I prefer so let's get to a recruiting report right now Missouri uh, with a junior college receiver and you kind of wonder with uh, Drew Locke and, and, and maybe now that passing game continues if if Missouri's looked at a little differently by some skill position players, you think? Well, it, it, perhaps. I think time will tell. We'll see what Kelly Bryant can do. We'll see what they can do from a recruiting um, standpoint. And this is a, a real interesting guy. I wanted to bring him up. His name is Maurice Wren. Hey, 6'4", 220. He originally signed out of high. And it's a perfect example of how you can go and – fine talent and there are different ways to do it. We've talked about the transfer portal and we've talked about Juco recruiting and, and, but there are different ways to kind of look at guys and players develop, as you know, Dave, at different stages. This is a kid that originally signed with Louisiana tech out of high school. He grew, he had some issues off the field, nothing major, but it led to him moving on and he went to junior college. Now he's coming out of junior college. And again, he's six, four, two twenty. And he's a really productive player. Uh, he is kind of an, a, a, a hybrid receiver tight end type. And we've talked about Albert O, who's maybe the best tight end in the SEC, maybe the best tight end in the country, best tight end in the SEC, and the big red zone weapon. I'm curious to see, maybe not initially, how this guy could develop. Obviously, we're looking at him in, in 2020. But I think as a replacement for Albert O, who's definitely going to go into the NFL next year, this is a guy we need to pay attention to. Remember his name, Maurice Wren. It's spelled a little different, um, but last name Wren. Remember the name. You're not going to hear him this year, but remember him. He's going to be a really effective red zone weapon, you know, provided he does all the things that he needs to do off the field. I know expectations are high with Kelly Bryant, but I don't think I've asked you, what do you think of him? What's his ceiling? How good can he be? You know, I don't I don't think he's the passer that Drew Locke is. I think he was effective at Clemson. I think we saw why Clemson made the move last year. And, you know, last year at this time, I got asked a whole bunch about, you know, well, Kelly Bryant is taking his team to the play, yada, yada. Um, and I said, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy at Clemson. I don't know exactly when, and I don't think he's going to start 
because that's not how Dabo and that staff offensively does it. They want the veteran guy, but then they'll let the young guy be. Well, that's what happened. And that's, that's no shame because Trevor Lawrence, quite frankly, beats out any quarterback in the country anywhere. He's the most talented, gifted quarterback in all of college football and a surefire number one pick. So by comparison, it's difficult to say, well, he wasn't good enough. The reality is if you study Clemson the year before and they could not generate anything offensively in the playoff, made it to the playoffs, lost Alabama, they just couldn't get anything done defensively. Now, we know that the Alabama defense is good, but we saw the difference when Alabama had to defend a really good quarterback in last year's playoffs and how that played out, and that was the difference. Uh, I think that Kelly Bryant is a really good get for Missouri. He's a guy that's a plug-and-play guy. He's more talented than what they have, certainly more experienced than what they have, a guy that's played high-level of quarterback, playoff caliber. So it's a really good move. But I don't know that uh, from an expectation standpoint that I see him being like all-conference or really propelling this team to great heights. I think he'll do a functional job. I think he's got limitations as a passer. I'm very curious to see what Derek Dooley does with them and how they go about tailoring the offense because, you know, it's not going to be as much drop-back stuff. Um, you can do some spread stuff, but I think you're going to have to do some rollouts and how much they run with them. I, I think those, those are going to be intriguing things. He's, he's a good quarterback, but if you're competing at a highest level, like at Clemson, you know, he just wasn't quite what they needed, and that's what Missouri has. Coming up, we'll take a look at the film room. A couple of Alabama key players that maybe aren't household names, but you need to know about it. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. We go to the film room and couple of Alabama players, starting with uh, Jalen Waddell, that maybe casual football fans aren't aware of, but uh, a lot of times, especially with the way with Alabama can uh, produce their players, develop their players, suddenly they, they can burst on the scene for, for those fans that maybe don't know the too deep of every SEC team. Well, and, you know, this Alabama too deep, I mean, you know, you line up and their eighth guy could be a starter at most places. And I mean, a high quality starter, like all conference caliber. They're that deep. They're that good. Um, this it's this receiving core is as good as any I've seen in years. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we know about Jerry Judy. We know about Henry Ruggs, um, Xavier Williams and um, Slane Bolden and um you know, Townsend, I mean, it's got tons of guys, Devontae Smith and Mitchie. But Jalen Waddell, uh, I think, is the best guy working out of the slot, um, certainly for Alabama and one of the best in the country. And he was simply outstanding last year working out of the slot. I did some numbers and looking at the film, he was uh, one of, the, I, I thought, one of the best in the country working out of the slot. He had 41 catches. Uh, 803 yards, seven touchdowns, playing as a true freshman last year. And he, again, wins in the slot consistently because in addition to his speed, his quickness. So when you're in the slot, you've got to win a lot with two-way goals. 
So you go inside, you can go outside, and that is difficult to cover, um, but also the quickness within a shorter area because you've got to maintain proper spacing in your route concept. So you've got an outside receiver to your outside, and you got perhaps a receiver to your inside with a tight end. So you've got you cannot have routes that are running in the same area because then you become easier to defend. <laughs> you've got multiple guys in one area, and now you've, you've got that you want to work the entire field. So maintaining the proper spacing, knowing how to adjust to um, the coverage techniques and getting open is 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 pivotal. And I think Jalen Waddle is one of the best. The other guy I want to talk a little bit about is on the offensive line. And this is a talented offensive line. And I think they've got a really talented left tackle, obviously, in Alex Leatherwood. The guy that I want to talk about a little bit today is the right tackle in uh, Jedrick Willis, who didn't allow a single sack in one hit uh, last year. He played in 927 snaps. Um, and, And a lot of it is, okay, you know, Maybe you're holding the ball a little bit. You got some mobility at quarterback. That factors in, okay? We're not talking about a stationary quarterback that can't move. But to not allow a single sack um, and just one hit is, well, it was the best rate in the country. Uh, and if you're looking at the best guys in, in that category last year, it was was Wisconsin center Tyler um, Biedez, Oregon's Calvin Thockmorton, who we've talked about is a really great tackle. Stanford's Walker Litter. Little and of course uh, George's uh, Andrew Thomas. So those guys, uh, and then uh, I, Iowa's Tristan Wirfs is another really good one. But I think Jedrick Willis is another one of those guys to pay attention to this year. I think he's really good as a pass protector, and I'm very curious to see what Kyle Flood, who's now coaching the offensive line for Bama, can do with those bookend tackles. I think this Alabama offensive line is going to be really, really good as the season develops. I think there'll be some growing pains early in the interior, but I love the bookend tackles. I like the depth. I like the athleticism, and I really like the size and strength. And I'm very curious to see if they go to a little bit more of the smash mouth, control the line of scrimmage type of attitude that we've seen with Alabama in the past. There you go. That's your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He is Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. If you haven't gone to that site, you're crazy. LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone, and we will talk to you tomorrow.